The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to John. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me, because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. The Gospel of the Lord. One of my favorite traditions is decorating for the holidays. I have a real Christmas tree up in my little apartment, a wreath, a couple of lighted garlands. There's an advent calendar hanging on the fridge and an angel hanging from the ceiling. Being a curious person, I wondered for a long time why we had Christmas trees and why we hung strands of evergreen all over the place. And the best explanation I have heard is that this is a tradition that comes from the northern part of Europe and has its roots in certain forms of pagan tree worship. This is, of course, somewhat ironic, but it makes good sense for us. In the depths of winter, at least for those in the north, the ground is covered in snow, as it's going to be today in a few minutes. <laughs> And the trees no longer have any green on them. When you look outside, everything is barren. It is dark by four, and we can go several days without even seeing the sun. As a person who suffers from winter blahs, it can be tough to find the motivation to do anything, much less be pleasant to be around. I believe that at some point in history, someone who suffered from the same affliction of lethargy in the winter season had a light bulb appear over his head and thought, why don't I bring all the things I miss from the rest of the year inside? Why don't we bring in evergreen bows and light candles throughout the house? 
Why don't we make our home feel alive with color and light to remind us that the world has not quit on us, but is still going on. By hanging up lights, we are reminded of the light we have the rest of the year and strengthened to make it through the time of darkness. I think that, in part, this serves as the reason for why we celebrate Christmas in December. No one knows the actual date of Christ's birth, and the best guess offered of early spring is ruled out, practically speaking, because it would coincide with Easter. (laughs) What better time, then, to mark the date of the entrance of light into the world in human form than the time, in the year, time of year most in need of light. In this way, Christmas decorations hold a significance far greater than their simple status as a source of light and color in a time of darkness. If we are able to look at them in a certain manner, they can become symbols of the presence of God in the world. These decorations are intended to counter the darkness of the season. And not just the literal darkness of the shortening of days up through the solstice, but the the pervasive incidence of suffering we see in the world, the literal darkness of evil present throughout humanity. And looking at all the struggles of the world, it is hard to ignore the shade that pervades throughout. We can run through an extensive list of wars and disasters, famines and floods, More disconcerting than this is the seeming absence of light and love from so many in the world. Hearts seem barren. The world is dark. The flowers have fallen and decayed. The sun is hardly ever seen. But in seeing these lights, we are reminded of the ongoing and ever-present possibility of joy and love in the world. We are given, however briefly, A moment of joy and peace from the sight of something deep in the glimmer of a light in the darkness. So our gospel tells us, What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. There's something especially important in this passage. The light shines, and it is not overcome by the darkness. But the darkness is not overcome by the light, either. At least not yet. Instead, much as in the wintertime, the greening of the house does not truly overcome the winter. It does not allow us to escape the wintry tasks of shoveling and bundling and trudging. The entrance of light into the world does not simply fix the winter of our discontent. Perhaps it is easy to be caught up in the winter's feeling of hopelessness. But we know the movement of the seasons. There is a time to every purpose, and though life has its desolate moments, spring will follow. As Isaiah reminds us, for as the earth brings forth its shoots, And as the garden causes what is sown in it to spring up, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations. Out of ground that appears infertile, shoots appear 
new life grows and the world rebuilds itself. So John reminds us, there is a light that shines in the darkness, a light which will never be overcome. So this is why I decorate. So that every time I see a strand of Christmas lights shining in the darkness of night, I see something of the nature of the world. I see radiant beauty and light surrounded by darkness, but piercing through that darkness. I see amongst the lonely limbs of trees the persistence of the evergreen. And I am reminded that there is nothing that will cause life to cease. Now, it may seem somewhat strange to assign cosmic significance to this Christmas tree. But all it takes is the right kind of eyes to see what light can mean to the world. And it is no wonder how ubiquitous the adornments of this holiday have become. The key, of course, is to see in these decorations all that they are able to represent. The key is to see in the twinkle of a miniature light bulb a reminder of the love that God holds for the world. The key is, above all else, to remember that Christ is the light shining in the darkness, the light who became flesh and dwelt among us, bringing hope and joy to all the world. Amen.